You're listening to The Savings Tip Jar with Dom Beattie and Harrison Asbury, powered by savings.com.au, your home of consumer finance news, guides and product comparisons. G'day, welcome to another episode of the Savings Tip Jar podcast, coming to you on in the aftermath, sorry, of the uh, RBA's shock decision, well shock to some, mm. uh, to hike the cash rate by another 25 basis points to 4.1%. So, you know, it's pretty bad news for a lot of uh, heavily indebted homeowners out there, but um, perhaps some good news for, for those sort of debt-free uh, savers. Now, joining me as always to discuss uh, is Harrison Asprey. Harrison, welcome. Thanks, Dom. It's good to be here. I notice uh, we're in another um, bare recording room today, um, slightly different from our usual spot. Yeah, it gets shuffled around a bit. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's going to be another good one um, because coming up in today's episode, we have Jerry Kremen uh, from Credit Smart. So um, we're here to talk about all things credit scores. Uh, you m- you might have heard about a credit score you might have even checked it yourself um and realized and wondered what the hell is this all about so uh we're going to talk to her about some credit score myth busting um but yeah without further ado um let's get into the news so as dom mentioned at the top of the pod um yeah the rba lifted uh by some would say an unexpected 25 basis points um a lot of economists predicted a pause um the cash rate's now 4.1 percent uh, which is the highest it's been in around 11 years. And, um, you know, Don, we, we did a, a straw poll around the office today um, out of 14 votes. Uh, I think 71%, so whatever that is, um, said there'd be a hike. So mm. um, we're now officially smarter than a lot of economists out there because we got it right. Well, not me. I was one of the few uh, saying it would be a, a pause oh. because, I mean, I, I'm like you know, self-aware enough to know that I'm not really an expert in this. And I, when I see, you know, apparent experts such as uh, Gareth Ed, the economist at Combank and Bill Evans, chief economist at Westpac, when they're both saying that it's going to be a hold and they have good, pretty good track records on um, making accurate calls on what the RBA are going to do, I, you know, defer to them. I, I, th- I thought, yeah, it's probably going to be a hold, but... Uh, on the hold, it was a hike. So. What did Warren Buffett say? Be brave when others are scared and trust no one, not even yourself. Is that what he said? Oh, it was something about be um, be greedy when others are fearful and be uh, fearful yeah. when others are greedy. Yeah. So I'm not okay. sure quite how that applies here. It's more of a share trading. But, you know, I mean, we're supposed to be impartial in these sorts of things, but I've got to admit, I'm, I'm bloody devastated that the RBA mm. is still hiking. Yeah. Someone who's got a big fat mortgage of, of my own, uh, you know, but uh, it's it's tough times. We, we just got to battle through whatever it takes to to get this inflation beast, this dragon slayed. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so Phil's out there with the sword and the shield. He's playing RuneScape on his on his dragon slaying quest. Yeah, let's just hope it's uh, it's a, it's a success in the end, and we get this inflation back down into the the fiery pits of hell. Mm. Uh, so anyway, enough sort of like Lord of the Rings and RuneScape analogies. Uh, yeah, that's it is what it is. RBA is up again. Is this the last one? Who knows? People think there's probably going to be another one. But it all comes down to... Who knows, really? The RBA is really uh, divided opinion in recent months. Um, and I'll get into this a bit later. But um, actually, I'll, I'll get into it now. Like a, um, a lot of modelling from the RBA actually showed that they need to increase... Um, to 4.8% to get inflation back down to target levels by 2025. So, um, and that and those forecasts or 
modeling didn't really anticipate the april pause so it seems like even even in the rba you know some aren't on the same page or or whatever so um there's a lot of mystery out there at the moment as to how how high the the cash rate could go um which is feeding us a, a lot of other things don yeah you know i just before i sort of get into the you know the, the other news you know obviously this is such a big momentous one i just want to expand a little bit yeah. further I mean, I haven't read all the analysis just yet post the decision, but I just, I just in my mind, I can't see why they felt the need to increase again. Um, I mean, I can see some reasons why, but I think on the on the balance of it, we saw over the month, uh, we saw retail trade was flat, mm. uh, which was unexpected. We've seen um, wage, the wage price index uh, has been lower than the RBA has expected and many others had expected. Mm. Um, we're seeing building approvals collapsing, borrowing is, is dropping quite a bit um to me that just doesn't and, and even you know there was a bit of a shock with the monthly inflation number going up to 6.8 percent year right. on year which a lot of people expected to go down or go up just a little bit um but then you know if you look at that's because of the base that is coming off of was um when the fuel excise had so low yeah deflation so uh you know naturally with the the yeah, the um, the excise being lifted, uh, fuel is going to be much higher, and it's going to lift the the index high. But if you, if you actually strip away a lot of that, um, and just look at the core sort of monthly number, uh, monthly inflation was 0.3 percent for for April, hmm. which is down from 0.5 percent that it was in March. So, I don't know, I've seen some people do this where you multiply 0.3 times 12, it gives you what six? Uh, sorry, three point three point six percent. Which is, you know, getting down to that two to three percent um, target true, that true. the RBA is doing. So, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they've gone too far. Maybe it was it was what we needed. I, I know. On the other hand, of, of the other side of the ledger, sorry, um, the RBA is concerned about um, the, the recent minimum wage increase mm. from um, the Fair Work Commission of five point seven five percent. Wow. Uh, whether that feeds into the overall wage price index, time will tell. But that that's what they're worried about. So. Moving on to that, uh, yeah, that's the we saw that minimum wage increase go up um, 5.75%. There was also a bit of talk about how um, some would actually see an over 8% yeah. increase Inflation. in their minimum wage. So that was to people who uh, don't have uh, aren't tied to an award rate, which isn't that many people, but there are some employees. I think I saw someone say maybe 80,000 employers. Um, Employees, sorry, all up throughout Australia that will see that eight percent mm. increase. Um, but uh, yeah, five point seven five percent is pretty strong. We saw a big uh, minimum wage rise uh, last year as well. Mm. I don't remember the exact figure. I'm afraid it, it wasn't as strong as this one. No, not as but hard. it was still above. I think what the RBA was kind of forecasting. Um, yeah. and, and if you're on the minimum wage and not tied to an award, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, oh yeah, so get in touch. call in. The, this isn't a talkback show, but um, feel free to call Dom on his personal number or, or email us. Yeah, on the chat. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, w- when we saw that, there was a lot of worry. Okay, that's going to lift everyone else's salary up and that's going to drive inflation up high. But then we didn't really see the wage price index pick up too much. And obviously, that's what the RBA is really worried about because I think that will entrench inflation because naturally, you know, mm. the cost of labor feeds into the cost of goods. Um, but yeah, again, it's just something... We don't have any crystal balls, so we don't know what's going to happen. But that obviously, the RBA thinks it was a real risk 
that uh, that would drive inflation high, and that's why they've hiked. Yeah, well, um, hiking kind of feeds into another thing, um, and that's home loan lending. So I think a lot of people know now that um, demand for housing has, has tempered a bit, although it has risen in uh, in recent months, uh, at least house prices anyway. Um, and that's just because supply is so low. But if we look at the lending data for um, April, which came out recently, um, overall the overall value of lending uh, in April fell 2.9%. Um, but we have to look at the overall figure uh, compared to pre-COVID. So we're still lending at above um, pre-COVID levels. Yeah. Um, and it's still, still very high. Um, and another interesting figure, Dom, was the refi the refi figure so the refinancing asking for a better deal or moving your mortgage to another lender um, it came with a boil quite a bit in April so it fell 8.6 percent to uh, 13 billion um, and also interesting too in that refinancing 54.4 um, percent of all refinances were rolling off fixed rates so uh, as to borrow a term that you like to use the rubber has really hit the road in regards to the fixed rate tsunami the fixed rate cliff the fixed rate mm. whatever the hell you want to call it um it's finally here and a lot of people are um able to refinance to better deals thankfully yeah i think i made the comment to the team earlier this week just when we saw those figures come out i was quite surprised to see um refinancing dropping off because yeah like you said the uh the the, the fixed rate tsunami expiry tsunami is seems to be happening right now you'd think that would drive um huge volume of refinancing but mm. I guess, you know, maybe uh, an opposing force there is perhaps some people being stuck in a mortgage prison. Um, yeah. Rates going higher, um, the, you know, 3% buffer still in place for, for most lenders. Um, a lot of people probably can't, wouldn't actually qualify for their loan today. Mm. Um, so that's actually preventing them from refinancing. Maybe a lot of people are already quite content with the rate that they're on and don't think they can get any anything a bit better than that so yeah yeah uh it's it's a bit of a bit of a shame for some people if, if they're really stuck um kind of struggling to afford their uh their repayments um you know naturally you sometimes want to look okay maybe i can refinance to a lower rate and and that can make it more manageable but uh this mortgage prison effect maybe it's affecting more people than we think yeah and the regulators are looking at that as well um and it's like banks are aware of that too so we've seen um, a couple of lenders now, I think at least Westpac is one of them, has um, apparently lowered their their buffer rate for refinances. Um, the exact rate is kind of unknown, but um, at 3%, you know, it's been lowered from 3% to allow people to get on a, big, a better mortgage rate. Um, and we've seen that in the data too. So like the average new owner-occupier rate, uh, I think for what was it, April, has come down a bit as well because just because the volume of those people are still able to get better deals so even though interest rates are going up um people are refinancing to to more competitive loans yeah yeah i mean you, you should always you know you shouldn't just assume that you can't refinance you should always you know look at your home loan look at your equity and think perhaps i could be getting a better deal here and always keep an eye out for for you know better offers but um yeah, a lot of people perhaps just um yeah stuck and and, and don't have that option anymore um, moving on though to a different topic, um, well it's, it's all a similar theme I guess, uh, household spending. So we've just seen some household spending data come out from the ABS um, and it actually showed that household spending rose 6% in April. Um, 
So it rose from a peak of 29.1% in August 2022. Um, and uh, yeah, it's th this month's uh, growth um, followed a downward pattern from 11.9% rise in February and 8.4% rise mm. in March. Um, so it's 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 rising, but not as much as as previous months. Um, but uh, we're also seeing some interesting data coming out tomorrow with the big GDP yeah, the data big drop. Yeah, the, there are a couple of uh, big boys coming out. Um, so I think ANZ forecast uh, for GDP. So that's like the sum total of all that Australia produces. Um, ANZ's forecast a 0.4% quarterly growth, uh, which is down from 0.5% uh, last quarter. Um, so that's really slowing down. Um, and a recession, uh, a technical recession is defined as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So like we're getting around um, some pretty flat figures coming out, uh, but still in positive territory for now. And another thing, Dom, too, is um, with all this population growth, uh, another interesting figure to look at is the per capita growth. So um, the output sort of divided by per person. Mm. Um, it was flat last quarter. It was 0.0%. Right. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what it does this quarter. Um, I'm not sure if 0% is, cla is classified as negative. <laughs> it, like, would we be in a per capita yeah. recession? I don't know. Still positive, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, another thing that uh, and that comes that's interesting um, inside from the GDP data drop is the household uh, saving ratio. Yeah, that's that's a, something a we in particular at Savings to Comedy um, have a pretty close look at. It has been dropping, I believe, every single every quarter where we're seeing this data. But that's coming off a really, really high, like record, almost record high. Yeah. Um, savings ratios through the the pandemic when I guess people just couldn't spend. Um, they were locked in their homes. Couldn't They'd, spend money. Yeah. JobKeeper. They uh, had no option but to just tuck away, screw all their money away. And that, I guess that's why people have these big buffers and are maybe, maybe able to afford these rate rises. But, um, I mean, for, for how for how much longer? I mean, yeah. we're seeing well, those buffers getting eaten away, aren't we? They're already below pre-COVID levels, I think. Um, the savings ratio is below sort of the 5% mark. Okay, yeah. Um, when they were, I think, around 20% at the height of COVID, you yeah. know, with everyone uh, stashing their cash away um, under their pillow or in a hole in the ground. But um, yeah, it, that would be interesting to see if it dips any further than that shows that, you know, mortgage rate rises and um, household expenses due to you know, inflation are really eating yeah. in. So that's that savings buffer and people are running out of cash. Mm. Yeah. It's just, you think about it, all these news stories have spread out, pretty tough times all around. Hey, yeah. savings account rates are going up. There's positive. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Need a bit of positive news every now and then. On that then. note. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move on to a different topic here um, for our fiscal focus this week, which is uh, credit scores and credit reports. Let's get stuck into it. Let's go. Now, if you've ever applied for a loan, credit card, or perhaps even a job, you may have been told to expect a credit check which is essentially a review of your credit history and your overall credit score to evaluate your trustworthiness as a borrower. But what is a credit score? I guess you can think of it like your Uber rating as a rider or a driver. The lower the, your rating, uh, the less people are willing to trust you, be they lenders or employers. And joining us to tell us some more about the credit score is Jerry Kremen, credit reporting expert at Credit Smart. Jerry, welcome to the Savings Tip Jar. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jerry, for being on here. So. Uh, 
first question um, I'll ask you. So we'll do a bit of myth busting around credit scores. Um, what are some yeah. myths that you've seen about credit scores and and reporting? Um, and what would you like to to dispel on the Savings Tip Sharp podcast? There are so many myths in this space. I've got a top three, but Dom, you've just thrown a fourth one in there, which is a big one. Um, so I'll grab that one first, and then I'll give you my personal top three. So. Cool. Um, Employers cannot look at your credit report, neither can landlords. So that's quite um, uh, an important misconception. Um, If there are kind of employers or landlords asking to look at your credit report, that sounds a bit dodgy, Um, but it's really just lenders who take part in the credit reporting system who are allowed to access your credit report because that's what it's for. It's about um, getting credit, not getting jobs. There we go. um, I'll give you my top three, though, if you like. I'll go into those top three myths. Yeah, for sure. Go for it. Uh, so the first one is that your credit score is the kind of be-all and end-all or the important thing compared to your credit report. Um, it's actually your credit report that's more important. So your credit score is a number based on all of the information inside your credit report. So the credit report has that detailed track record of how you actually handle credit that's what you need to focus on. It's the heart of your credit health. Your credit score then just distills that information into one kind of accessible number. And that number is a handy indicator of your credit health. Um, so if the credit report is your kind of the heart of your credit health, the score is your blood pressure. It might go up and down for a variety of reasons and it will give you a snapshot, but it's not going to give you the full picture. So I know it's really easy to get hung up on the score because it is a bit more accessible, but it's really your report that you need to look at. So that's number one. Number two is that being debt-free means that you have a perfect credit report. Um, And that's not the case. So the Australian credit reporting system changed a few years ago and lenders now report comprehensive credit reporting. So previously, you'd kind of only have negative stuff on there. So if you had um, a default or even a bankruptcy, that would be on your credit report. But now we have positive data, including whether you've made your monthly repayments on time. So it means that not having credit won't necessarily give you the best credit report or score because you've got the ability now to kind of build up a good reputation with positive information being reported. So number three on the the kind of top myths around credit reporting is that you need to pay to access your credit report or you need to get someone else's help to fix it. And that's not the case at all. This is a personal bugbear for me because your credit report's a really important personal asset and it's an area of personal finances that you can absolutely take control of yourself. And this kind of misconception is where you have those predatory businesses coming in saying, pay us to fix your credit report or pay us for a copy of your credit report. And that's not valid. So um, our Credit Smart annual credit checkup showed that 38% of Australians have never checked their credit report and they have no idea what's in there. Um, that's a big improvement from 60% five years ago, but we've got a long way to go. So what we want Australians to know is that you can access your credit report for free every three months from each of the credit reporting bureaus. Um, and you can take charge of your credit health. So creditsmart.org.au sets out information on how to get your credit report, how to understand it, how to check it, and how to have any errors corrected. That is something that you can do yourself. You don't need to pay anyone else to do it. Jerry, something I've always heard from some people, and I'm not sure whether this is really true or not, but a lot of people have said, um, you know, that they should take out a credit card to help build up their credit history, which would make them, you know, a better prospect when uh, applying for home loans. Um, what, what do you make of this? Is this a good idea? 
So that goes back to those changes I mentioned that happened just a few years ago where we now have positive information in the credit reporting system. So those changes um, do mean that you can kind of build up that credit reputation for yourself. You do have that ability. Um, but when you apply for credit, it's not just about how you've been handling your repayments. That's not all that a lender is going to look at. Um, there's other information inside your credit report. So the types of credit accounts that you have is really important. Um, whether or not you've been making your payments on time, whether you have any adverse information like those defaults or bankruptcies that I mentioned, um, also the frequency that you apply for credit and your current loan commitment. So the kind of golden rule of credit is never take out more than you can afford to pay back. I would definitely keep that in mind if someone's thinking about applying for credit you know, to start building up a reputation. I'd ask whether it's credit you need and whether it's credit that you can afford to pay back. Um, I'd also highlight that a credit report is not the only factor a lender looks at when they're looking at your application for credit. Um, so it's you know a full picture of your um, whether you can afford to pay back your credit. Like, does it matter if you have a, a, a thin file, so like not much of a credit score at all? You know, someone who might be like a first home buyer might not um, have much of a have, have might not the might not have much of a credit history at all. Uh, they might not have taken out a credit card or a personal loan or whatever. Is a lender going to look at that as like a bad thing per se? Or, um, you know, I guess a home loan is probably the most important credit item that anyone will take out in their lifetime. So is a home loan lender going to look at that as a, as a bad thing? So the answer to all of that is it depends on the circumstances, you know, um, because as I mentioned, it's not just the credit report that the lender is going to look at. And it's not one of those catch 22s where you've got to have credit to get credit, um, which you know, can be incredibly frustrating. It's not that scenario at all. Um, and that whole thin credit file, it's, it's really important, not just for young people. There's people who have just never used credit new to country or their bills um, and credit might just be in their spouse's name and they're kind of looking to get credit now. So there's a lot of people who do have a thin credit file and so this is something that we need to think about. For most Australians, when you apply for a postpaid mobile phone contract, that's going to be your first entry into the credit reporting system. So um, most Australians will have something on file at one of the credit reporting bureaus, whether they have you know, what we think of as credit or not. But when you're applying for any kind of loan, there's more information than just the credit report. And so again, I would say it's things like, uh, you know, making regular deposits or uh, savings as well is a really good way to kind of build up your reputation when it comes to approaching a lender for credit. Regularly paying your mobile phone bill, even though those monthly repayments aren't in the credit reporting system at the moment, if you can kind of show a track record of meeting your repayment obligations, that's a really good way to um, mm. look good to a lender as well. So we've heard a lot about the popularity of um, platforms like Buy Now, Pay Later, and I think one of the the key perks to um, you know things like like Afterpay was that they didn't always necessarily run a credit check on the, their customers who uh, took out the who signed up for the platform. But now we've heard that um, they're going to be introducing some regulation on Buy Now, Pay Later. Uh, do you think? Can you explain a little bit about what this could mean for people's uh, credit reports? Yeah, so buy now, pay later, there's so much we can say about that. And certainly when it comes to myths that we see, there's a lot of myths around buy now, pay later. So our position has always been that buy now, pay later 
uh, is credit and you need to treat it as such. And so you need to be aware if you're using buy now, pay later that you're going to have to pay it back and you'll have to pay it back, you know, at a regular, at regular intervals. And it's just another repayment obligation that you should meet, whether it's on your um, credit report or not. Different buy now, pay later providers will interact differently with the credit reporting system as well. And that's quite an area of um, complexity, I suppose. So some buy now, pay later providers will do an identity check and that will um, go through the credit reporting system, but not necessarily leave a trace. Providers who have a credit license can also report more information. It's not currently in the system. So there's a lot. I mean, the current situation is really complex, which is why this conversation is happening around how buy now, pay later might be regulated moving forward. When it comes to an individual using buy now, pay later and how it affects their credit health, um, I would say that lenders will also look at how you're managing your repayments. And again, buy now, pay later repayments are another type of credit repayment. Uh, and it goes into that kind of full picture of your credit health when applying for a loan. For sure. Um, and we'll talk a bit about like the, the tiers of credit scores. So for me personally, um, I've never taken out a credit card. I don't have a personal loan. I don't have a home loan. Um, and But I have had electricity bills. I've had postpaid phone plans and internet deals and they've shown up on my credit report. Uh, but my score's still average. I think it's, I can't remember what it is, but it's in the 600s. Um, is that a bad thing? And what do you need to do to get it to an excellent uh, credit score? So what's the type of profile of someone who um, is on an excellent credit score? Mm. So I don't want to catch you out here, but... You're talking about your credit score. Have you looked at your actual credit report as well? I have, um, and I didn't see anything amiss, but I um, I could have a yeah. something on there, and I don't recall ever missing a, a phone bill or electricity bill. Um, no one's ever taken out credit in my name, or I don't think there's any fraud there, but it's always worth another check, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so the reason I ask is because the types of credit that you're mentioning are not regulated credit they can actually have the repayment information reported in the credit reporting system so there's various different types of information in your credit report uh things like inquiries when you apply for credit that will be listed in there whether you are approved for the credit or not whether you take the credit or not so there'll be inquiry information um going right through different levels of detail to repayment history information which is the really granular stuff it's a monthly report on whether you've made your repayment on time or not. Telcos and utilities can't currently provide that level of information. And that's the information that really shows a great insight into how you handle credit. That's how you are making your payments, whether you're on time every month or not. So unfortunately, you know, your phone repayments that you're mentioning, they're not showing up. So you're not getting the kind of green tick for that behavior at the moment. Now, Joe, we've just seen you know the RBA hike rates again. I believe it's the twelfth time in uh, in just over a year. Have you seen with, with all these uh, RBA interest rate hikes, um, has, has Credit Smart noticed a sort of general deteriorating in the average credit score of, of Australians with all these RBA rate hikes? So we don't have an outlook on the kind of average credit score across Australia at the moment, but our Credit Smart annual credit health checkup shows that the cost of living crisis certainly has been a wake up call for a lot of Australians. We know that 50% of Australians have experienced financial stress over the past 12 months. 85% have reported a change in their personal finances over the last six months. Um, and 44% have reviewed their personal budget and expenses and have taken drastic measures of cutting down on everyday basics. 
So that's 44% of people are cutting down on everyday basics. That's huge, I think. Mm. Um, what this means when it comes to people's credit health is that it has been a wake-up call. So we've got more Australians checking their credit reports, seeking to understand what's in there. I think particularly anyone who's needing to refinance over the coming months is probably particularly concerned about this and really paying attention. Yeah, certainly some um, some pretty concerning insights there, but but definitely very helpful for, for the average punter. Um, Jerry, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for, but thank you so much for joining us here on the Savings Tip Chat podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jerry. That was Jerry Kremen, credit reporting expert at uh, Credit Smart. Uh, and that brings us to the end of another episode. Harrison, we've covered quite a lot today, but uh, yeah, for your time. a bit more doom and gloom than perhaps we would have liked, um, but some, some good tips there from Jerry um, and some good myth busting, you know, that credit scores aren't the be all and end all, um, maybe of your home ownership dreams or mm. if you want to get a, a car loan, a secured car loan or, or whatever. Um, there's a lot to look at beyond just your, your credit report, thankfully. So uh, thanks to Jerry there, um, and yeah, yeah thanks she, for your uh, she she might have caught me out a little bit there with the uh, employer uh, checking the credit report, but I, I could swear that uh, you know in the past employers have um, you know asked for my permission to check my credit report. Yeah, yeah she called something me that's... out on my on my average credit score too. I'll, I'll have to look into that as well. Yeah, sort yourself out. You call yourself a money expert, Harrison. It's a bit of, it's a bit of a worry. I'm an expert with other people's money. What's the go? Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thanks again for listening to the Savings Tip Jar. Uh, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and get in touch via savings.com.au, Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, or get in touch with us via um, our email at inquiries at savings.com.au. And I should know as well, that's inquiries with an E. Mm. Just we're sort of talking on air that maybe some people have been trying to email inquiries, but inquiries at savings.com.au. All right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, Dom. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye.